Hello, 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 and welcome to Cutscene Combos episode, I don't even know what episode is 39. This? 39, holy shit. This yeah. week we have got um, a character profile on Scar, Rings of Power finale for season one, and or episode seven. Another character profile on Atom Smasher. Our final thoughts before the new Black Adam film comes out tomorrow or today, as you're listening to this. And then we've got a big beefy nerd news network segment this week with lots of um things that have come out. And then the Super Showdown this week is Ultron versus the Demo Goblin. I like how you for all of that. The nerd news section a proper title now. Yeah. Well, you see, the thing is, what the the way you title the segments. One week we had a proper long section on news stuff, and you just titled it "Nerd News" because I was just too lazy. Yeah, and I'm a sucker for alliteration. Ah, um, of course you are. And I think books. I think I'd seen a meme or something as well about like the Twitch news network or something, where like you know, like something happens anywhere on Twitch, and then everyone's just spamming it in the chat. Yeah. Um. So I was like, "Nerd News Network," um, and I thought. With such a beefy week of news, that was just the easiest subtitle for it. Yeah. It was supposed to save time. <laughs> but before all of that, <laughs> Hori, how was your week? <laughs> um, my, week's been, my week's been good. Pretty chill. Um, new World, got a new expansion, so I've been playing a bunch of that. Um, it's wild that that game came out a year ago. Is that game really a year old? Yeah. Um, and I still haven't played it. So it was a year ago when we were in... There was a bunch of us still in lockdown. Because yeah, there was yeah. like... We were all playing New World on release. Which is wild that it's... You were well, I wasn't. Well, yeah. Um, I wasn't invited. Well, you didn't have a PC then. <laughs> um, it's wild that that's been a year. Feels way yeah. longer than that. Um. The time dilation from the pandemic is outrageous. It's, it's mental. Um, other than that, just work things. Pretty chill week. Um, the Rocket League boys won their first regional of the year. I saw that. Which was uh, pretty pog. Yeah. So as long as they do well enough at the next regional, they'll be pretty much locked in for Rotterdam. So then fingers crossed oh, they get to go. Noise. This is the hope. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, pretty chill week for me. How have you been? Um, not too bad. I'm still in like just numb, blank, yeah. expressionless human. Um, hence why I literally got in from work today and had to watch both Ring of Power and Andor before we recorded tonight because you only just they... watched Ring of Power as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Days are slipping away from me, and I was like, shit, I have so much to catch up on. Um, but that is the way things be at the minute. Yeah. Um, is what it is. We um we muscle through because we don't have much else of a choice. I've just realised though. Oh. This was my new Spider-Man comic that arrived the other day. Sorry, I sound probably horrible because I'm all coldy. I don't know if the camera's picking it up because they're reflections. You... But that is the oh, return of the Hobgoblin. <laughs> For a second, then I thought. I glanced at that demo goblin, and no, I thought no, you'd no, like that, that's, scoured. That's a new new comic. I thought you'd scoured for a comic so you could understand this week's. That would be a very very me thing to do. However, that is not what I did. Very cool though. 
Is that a Halloween? Um, I, no, because I think it's a little bit backwards. Oh, okay. Um, it has a very Halloween-esque. For the, for the viewers and not the listeners, you'll have seen the comic. It looked a, somewhat Halloween-y. Yeah. What? Yeah. Talking of listeners, um, while the Spotify is not something we spend a lot of time on, or the Apple Music, or like just the audio-only platforms, we're, um, we are every week having more and more viewers over there. So um, shout out to you guys who just listen and don't want to stare at our faces. I respect it. Um, I mean, I don't blame you. My voice is nice to listen to. So while we always remember to tell the people on YouTube to like the video, make sure you uh, give us a rating over there. We rating will see it, follow. and we might even yeah, we might even um go through your review if um we get one that we like and is funny. Anyway, I think it's time we stop beating around the bush and get into our first character profile of the week. Mm-hmm. So after the She-Hulk finale last week, I said I almost just scrapped my Black Adam character profile yes. and decided to do one on Scar because of how exciting it was. But then I decided to be a responsible adult and not double up my <laughs> workload for no apparent reason. Um, so I decided to double That's up this week instead. Um, so character profile on Scott is, there's not a load here but it's some interesting stuff um, and you guys will notice some differences already between the comic book counterpart other than oh. just a much worse haircut in the show <laughs> um, so, this... oh, that's right. Scar first appeared in World War Hulk number 5 all the way back in November 2007 not too old Scar is the son of the Hulk and Kyra the old strong after his mother's death, he was found by a man who raised him. However, however, because of his uh, mix of biology between the Hulk and his um, mother's race, um, he, like, aged and grew at a rapid rate. Okay. So, like, six months after being born, he looked like a teenager kind of thing. Got you. So don't be surprised if the next time we see Scar, he's, like, not looking like a 16-year-old and is looking like an adult. Oh, that um, however, because of his accelerated aging and growing and everything, he became very difficult to kind of mentor and be a parent for. After a lot of, I'll be honest, very confusing shenanigans on his home planet, hmm. um, he kind of got exiled to Earth, where he kind of crash landed. Um, nice. And the Fantastic Four, who at the time had She-Hulk on the roster, mm-hmm. were kind of like sent out to see what the fuck was going on. Because, or not sent out, sorry, She-Hulk could sense him because of their uh, shared genealogy. Okay. And she was like, we should go check this out because that's terrifying that there's another one of us just in the middle of the country all of a sudden. Yeah, Hulk out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. So the Fantastic Four went out there to fight him. It was very difficult, but they did manage to beat him, and they thought they'd killed him. Oh. However, he had literally been beaten into his human form, um, so they didn't realise they were looking for a human. He has a human yeah. form. Yes. Um, not a human. Okay. <laughs> human is in... Standard not race. Hulk form, yeah. yeah, but he's still like obviously not wholly human because his mother was an alien. 
Um, so he kind of hid out for a little bit, pretending to just be a human. He made some friends with some kids and kind of laid low because I believe this was the first time he'd ever been in his human form. Okay. Um, but then eventually he became Scar again and went to kill his dad. As you do. Um, because he thought that was his ultimate test to prove how worthy a warrior he was. <laughs> and then he was greatly disappointed when his father turned out to just be like a savage raging monster and not a competent fighter and like being. Yeah. Yeah. However, after a fight with his father, like, and he was like just unimpressed wholly and just kind of left. <laughs> um, he kind of just went, well, fuck this, I'm off then. And went to just kind of be a bit of like a hulkish anti-hero for a bit. Just kind of leave me alone, but I'll help out when people are really being punished for no reason. So his teenage angst surge. Yeah. Um, but eventually the Hulk slash Bruce lost their powers after Red Hulk kind of took them from him. Um, okay. At which point they did reunite and Banner then helped to teach him a lot of what it takes to be a Hulk and how to be a hero and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was at this point when uh, Bruce had lost his powers and they started working together that they that Scar finally became something more recognisable as a hero. Okay. And he would go on to serve on a number of different teams at different times. Um, so, yeah. I believe he's also now our um, last legacy character. Oh. Not like last, and we'll never see another one, like last to like, of the original six having a legacy character in the MCU. I know... We haven't seen Ironheart yet, but we know she's there. Yeah, so we've got point. Yelena, um, Sam. Love, I guess, would be Thor's legacy character. Yeah. Um, Kate. Riri, Scar. Um, mm. Yeah. So that's fun. Maybe, maybe we get an announcement of a Young Avengers film at some point. We can hope. Um... So yeah, that's all we've got to say on Scar. It was very cool to see him in the She-Hulk finale. His haircut's been absolutely fucked. The <laughs> the designs of like just literally people changing their hair. So like, I don't know if anyone who listens to this watches wrestling, um, but if you look up Roman Reigns, and I think look I've from, seen this. Yeah, I saw if a you look picture at, of someone who fixed yeah. his hair. If you look at a picture of Roman Reigns when he's resting, he's got quite long black hair that looks quite wet. Um, that's kind of what Scar's hair probably should have looked like. A bit thicker and a bit more of it. Um, but that kind of style is probably what will work best with Scar. But I'm okay with the idea of that not being the case just yet because Scar is like very clearly supposed to be quite young. Um, and and he's, he's definitely been like dressed part. up to meet family so he's probably anxious so i'm okay with it as long as like they sort it out for the next time we see him. i i feel like it's gonna be because of whoever his mum is because we don't know that um bless you thank the you listeners that 
thankfully couldn't hear that. <laughs> I remember to mute my mic. Yeah. I'm smart. I got you. Uh, I mean, depending who his mum is, and I guess the car, like, fashion has probably dictated how he has done his hair. So yeah. I, I imagine it will evolve and change. They did fuck his trim up, though. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's a pretty standard thing when you're a kid at that age to like your parent force you to get a haircut that looks terrible. Like your kids, you know, those those kids that come to school with like a full on bowl cut, and you're like, could have could have really done better there, mate. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's gonna be interesting though because he obviously hasn't been ex. Well, he hasn't been exiled the same way. I wonder if it's like he was exiled by Hulk had to go pick him up. Yeah, I'm really curious if the Hulk film that we're assuming is coming that hasn't actually been confirmed but it's been teased relentlessly is going to have to be a flashback film or not. Mm, That's a good point. I I, I don't know how we could have a World War Hulk film without... Explaining... Yeah, and with Professor Hulk it just doesn't work. They, I, I they kind of I could... kind of assumed Bruce disappears in episode three, we don't see him again. Yeah. And then we get a World War Hulk film, which is him after arriving on Sakaar going full on savage. I wonder if whatever the film is, it's like the opening is like X amount of months ago and it's him arriving on the sh- and they do like the opening sequence is like a bit of a flashback and then it goes back to present day. Maybe. But we will see. Um, like I said, there's still no guarantee of actually getting a Hulk project. Um, this is true. But on to our second finale in as many weeks. Oh, yeah. It's made this now, week empty. I'm a little bit annoyed with like the first minute of this week's episode. Okay. I'm trying to remember because, the first minute. <laughs> because the cultists like oh, okay. get to the stranger... And they call him Sauron. And they're like, we've got you, Lord Sauron. And at that point, I instantly sat there and went, so he's not Sauron then. Because they were never going to give up Sauron in the first minute of the episode at the end of the first season. It was never going to happen that way. So the second they said, we finally found you, Lord Sauron, ruined it. <laughs> so it's like, well, it's, he's definitely not Sauron then. I maybe, didn't ha- I maybe didn't have like quite a stronger reaction but i definitely was like i never i mean i never had thought he was sauron i was pretty confident he wasn't so i was like when they said that i was like it's more to me i was just like ha you're gonna be proven wrong because he isn't because I was so confident that he wasn't. Yeah but here's the thing if they just kidnapped him and they were and like the for the most of the show They'd left us up in an ring about why they wanted him. And then they'd go, your Lord Sauron, like half an hour in, you might go, oh shit. Mm. And that might have a genuine chance of making some people genuinely believe that instead of instantly going like me and like you going, well, no, he isn't. True. That's my issue. It's, it's poor writing. That's what it was. It it just makes no sense in the first minute to give up a big reveal like that because no offense, only a dumbass is gonna assume that that's actually right. Um, I I don't know. I wasn't too fussed. 
my bigger issue with like the cultists and stuff is like they're just not we don't like from how over explained the mithril stuff was and like i talked about that and how like they over like talked about it like kind of explained where it came from this had yeah. like zero explanation of who these cultists were uh-huh. um, and i mean they were cannon fodder yeah there was just like a way to reveal it was it was just a way to kind of explain a bit more of who the stranger is um we'll just like focus on the stranger but like obviously yeah we'll do that we'll do each of the stories he doesn't like they they explain that he has a veil over his mind fine with that that kind of makes sense to like why he's not understanding shit and like he's confused and that they'll break it or whatever and then obviously the hobbits dive in to save the day um they then realize he's not sauron and he's uh the Istar. star wizard yes which is the wizards and he fights back and absolutely so are you now all in on him being the brown one who was obsessed with animals <sighs> not so I, i'm I've... still pretty big on he's probably supposed to be gandalf because he's got a hobbit going on an adventure with him there's there's a lot of um kind of subtle hints that they keep dropping that is they're clearly wanting the viewer to go this is gandalf but that's yeah. very much their point and i'm because he also talks very like like once he's got a bit more of his mind then he could have a proper conversation yeah no he, he talks very english uh, yeah the people have said that there's that there's the the thing he says to the cultist is something like go back to the shadows which we were like trying to link back to how he tells the balrog to go back to the shadows um obviously he turns them into moths and he has this whole thing with animals and then the big kind of thing that everyone's going oh this is gandalf is the whole line about when they're at the end when they're getting ready to leave um and go find out like go on his journey with um nori yeah he's like i don't know which way Oh, it's this way, and she goes, "How do you know?" And she's like, oh, I always follow your nose, that thing, which is obviously just like what Gandalf says in Lord of the Rings. Always follow your nose. So, but here is my only potential counterpoint to that, mm-hmm. and I'd like to get your thoughts on this because obviously we've already established you know a lot more about Lord of the Rings than me. I'm is it possible, bearing in mind that they can make up their own characters, and we've already said it's a touch early for even the Blue Wizards to be showing up. Is it well, possible this could be a character that doesn't actually exist in the books? A wizard who appeared before all of the other wizards and was actually like the grandfather of wizards and each subsequent wizard got a little bit of him. And that's why you see things that make you think he's potentially different wizards. I think uh, if they did that, they really would piss people off because the wizards oh, yeah. are a pretty... like important like they were sent because they were sent to because of sauron and the rising evil so they were sent for like a pretty solid reason and i think if you start fucking with that and making up like a new wizard it kind of fucks with things i'm partially like of the thought of like yes there's these hints of gandalf but if you think about it we've only ever really experienced gandalf the most we saw some of uh saruman and 
Radagaster Brown, he was like crazy by the time we saw him. It isn't far off that like that's just kind of general characteristics of how the wizards are going to be. This very much could be Sauron super early on because he was good at the beginning. Um, the timeline stuff, because they're condensing everything. You're not like, putting too much stake in it being too early. No, I'm not too fussed if it's too early, like if it's earlier than it is told in the books. Something on the timeline stuff, um, which I saw recently, was there is a note in the back of the Silmarillion books from Tolkien, and it's something along the lines of, "These are the stories of the Second Age, um, but they can be retold in a shorter form." Basically, going like, "These are not set in stone. These are not." to the word like how they should be they can be told in a longer format this like, these stories can be told in many different ways so basically goes amazon's not wrong in a way for doing it how they want to do it they can Fair enough um so my opinion is i don't think he's a blue wizard because the blue wizards there was two of them and they arrived together i'd be surprised i think if you're going to reveal the blue wizards you'd do them as a pair so that people put that oh. together or at the end of this episode, you get some kind of flash that actually during the meteor shower, another meteor did land. Yeah. And that there's... they were both like trying to find each other without realizing it. So he is heading to the to ruin um to find out more information. I think he I don't think he's the first to arrive if they've done gandalf i think the blue wizards are already here and they're over somewhere else or he is saruman it's i'm like 95 percent leaning towards gandalf because of the way they're hinting things but i'm also ready for it to not be gandalf and they're like haha actually it's one of the blue wizards <laughs> should we be concerned that potentially they don't know who it is yet neither i think they know who it is they 100 know who it is um they just don't want to say. And I, if I'm Amazon, from a mark... the actor knows who he is? Yes. Or do you reckon they're giving him little bits nah. of, like, everyone to throw him off? I think the actor knows. Because that's what I'd be doing. I, I'd get him to, like, watch and read about all of the wizards and, like, do a take of each scene as pretend making him think he's each of the wizards and then throw them in together and see what you get. I think... The actor knows. Only the actor and the director and the like head writer or something. And it's like the actor knows because he needs to know who he's becoming. But they've all he'll he'll be the only person like in out of all the actors that knows, so that if it leaks, they know it's from him. <laughs> Makes sense. Um I from from my like from a not like a Tolkien story perspective or anything, from like a marketing perspective for Amazon, it fully makes sense to me for them to do it as Gandalf and for of him to become Gandalf because it's a very instantly recognizable character that people who don't know much about the show or aren't so sure are like, oh, Gandalf's in it? I'll watch that. Um, which is why I think it's going to be. But, I mean, we'll get onto it later, but they already proven with some twists they're happy to chuck some twists at us so yeah it could be it could be anything overall how did you find the finale did you enjoy it 
Overall, I enjoyed the finale, and overall, I enjoyed the whole season. Um, there's I... small Do bits that have grievances. Until the next one? So, this is... They're not, this make, is... they're not making us wait a full year, are they? <laughs> so, it has started... From my understanding, they have started production not long ago. This season one took 18 months, but... Obviously no that was, but but obviously that was during a pandemic, so there is some delays that probably were caused by that. The writers and Amazon and whatnot have said, obviously they want to get this out as soon as they can, as quick as possible, so the gaps are short as possible. But they are more than happy for it to take longer if it means doing it right. So like, they're not going to rush it for the sake of getting it out in under a year. So what it sounds like to me is they'd like to release it in nine months, but it's probably going to be 15. I make the prediction it's end of 2023, maybe early 2024. Like that that period of like four months or whatever is what I think they're going to be aiming for. But I'm, I mean, I'm not against it. The last thing we need is another thing in 2024, Hori. <laughs> true. True. Um, At this rate, me and you in 2024 are just going to be bed, watching TV, cinema, bed, repeat. Sounds like... Sounds perfect, what about. Um, <laughs> yeah, apart from the fact we have to remember and say stuff about it, Hori. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I mean, that's the like the stranger kind of story. There's obviously Nori and the Hobbits save them we got to see some shape-shifting which i thought was very cool how they did the whole shape-shifting stuff yeah um the whole hobbit going on an adventure i i liked it <laughs> i don't mind it it feels a bit too on the nose yeah i don't know it's it feels a bit like, oh, it's Gandalf and a Hobbit going on an adventure again. It's like, oh. But that's what Lord of the Rings is. I know. It's just... I know there's other stuff and there's dwarves and elves and shit, but at the end of the day, the world of Middle-earth is a Hobbit and a wizard doing shit together. I, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be okay with it if this, this is how they then set up the Shire, is Gandalf and Nori have to go find where everyone is and they find that they've settled somewhere. And if that's how they then set up the Shire, cool. Um, well, here's the thing. I think they kind of explained that. So you had Penny getting all upset because, oh, why does everyone always leave me? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hinted that she's going to be like leading the pack. Yep. I reckon she gets so fed up with people leaving her. She's like, no, no one is leaving anymore. We live here. Everyone stays here. Yeah, I think... Shire. <laughs> I think they're going to travel for a bit. Now they have like no carts and stuff and they're just going to go, you know what? Sack this. Let's just sell. <laughs> um, but overall, from Stranger being revealed to how it ended, I like the whole like him figuring out who he is and the reveal of him being an actual wizard. And the, like, like you mentioned, the way he speaks and everything. I think it's great. He, he's, a, he's a lot more Gandalf-esque once he, once he can yeah. hold a sentence. Now, now we have, like, the actual character. I think he's going to be he's going to be interesting for season two. 100%. On the other side of 
the map. Um, we had Galadriel arriving at, I forget what the city was called. The, it's not Linden, is it? It's the other one. No, it, yeah, it's the, the, the Elvencraft city. Yeah. Um, arriving with haste with Halbrand, like slumped, almost falling off his horse. Um, they rode for six days. Yes. And he was fine instantly. Is that not a red flag? <laughs> so People were a little bit slow. <laughs> so obviously, we get the show of him being like tended to. Um, and then Galadriel's like, hi, surprise, I'm here. Not in the uh, Oasis dead. land. Um, which Elrond's like, what the fuck? Um, so they have their little like... Elrond's like, I should have trusted you, blah, blah, blah. And then we cut to Gellan Brimbor in his workshop, of which, as you say, suddenly there's a Halbrand walking around. And I'm just like, even I was like, really? You're up that quick? Well, like, I, mean, I, even, I know even, Elven medicine's good, but... <laughs> but even like Callum Brimbor mentioned, he's like, should you not be resting? And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I'm like we already we already know the stranger isn't Sauron because of like you know common sense. Hello, character that we don't know about fully yet, who's been a bit weird, done suspicious shit, is just fine. Mm. Hello. So at this point, I'm so convinced he's not Sauron because of all the that things we find, talked about over like, the week. Semi overlook it. <laughs> well, yeah, I hadn't like gone hang on this I, like i was like this is weird i know uh, to me this was more like this is just bad storytelling like <laughs> honestly i think had at the very beginning of the episode they not called um the wizard sauron and made me instantly go well he's not sauron then i might have overlooked it i might yeah. have overlooked how brand is just bad writing but because of that I looked at it, I was like, well, he's got something to do with Sauron then. He might not be Sauron, but he's a fucking acolyte or something. So then we get him talking to Gillen Brimbor and he, like, talks about techniques on mixing the metals and stuff. Um, to which we then cut to Gillen Brimbor's talking about doing a crown for the high king, high king. Uh, and they're talking about and then he says this is where it clicked that was something was something's wrong was when Gillen Brimbor was like uh of the I want to create something not of the body but over the body or whatever um which is the same line that Adar mentions Sauron was trying to do and I was like hold up that because so then at this point I'm like, Gillen Brimble, are you the sus person here? That that darkness is getting a bit strong, buddy. I'm like, who the fuck is influencing you? Yeah, well, um, his influence well, yeah. has got stronger because he's closer to him. So we get all that, and then obviously Galadriel's starting to not. After that line, even Galadriel's not trusting what's going on, and she looks into yeah. his lineage. Um. Which someone should have done a lot fucking sooner, I might add. <laughs> yeah. Everyone really she, just took she, his word for was, it. Yeah, she was so happy to just rock up to the Southlands and go like, here is your king, and then yeah. fuck off. Yeah. If, if, if Mordor hadn't erupted, she'd have just left. 
Well, it also means Halbrand definitely had something to do with the key not being properly recovered or checked on. Yeah. Um, there was, de yeah, there's obviously, there's a lot of trickery been at play. Um, so we obviously then get Gladiol finds out and confronts him, and we get the reveal of <laughs> who Halbrand was, which I obviously like all these little things have been building up and it's like it's clicking that oh shit it's how like how brand's not who he actually says he is um and then he like the way it's revealed where he's like i was born before light and all that from the start of time i've had many names and then they do the the whole like vision stuff which i thought was re well, I really i really enjoyed it that, that i loved it really all cool. I, the way that they revealed him as Sauron, I thought was incredible. The whole I bit... also love the reflection. Yeah, so when they switch to the raft queen. and he's telling her to be his queen, which we kind of got a glimpse. If you remember in Lord of the Rings, do you remember when she like looks at the ring that Frodo has and she goes into like evil witch mode? Yes. Everyone's like, well, that's what she would have become if she'd been his queen. Ah. Uh... Like the power that he was offering her would have turned her into that. And obviously uh, uh, at this point she hasn't had that vision, but I guess she kind of realizes she doesn't want that power. Um and we get the very cool reveal in the reflection. Um Yeah, that that, that was such a cool shot. Excellent filmmaking from them with that. Yeah, and then yeah. we also get like the the transition to his eyes become slits now. Yeah. Um, very cool little like touches um, and then she's brought to by Elrond who she doesn't trust and gets him to prove himself which is fair should have done that well, a lot yeah, sooner for for many things um, now the it's thing that she's only like 7,000 years old give her a break Yeah. so she rushes back and says no we shouldn't make two crowns one crown can be one crown is too powerful. Two no, can be one that will always be corrupted. corrupted. Two can be divided. Two can be divided. Three brings balance. Yeah. So then she's like, we should make three rings. What I'm not like I I don't know why she doesn't tell them. She just says how Brown's not gonna be around. He's gone. And don't trust yeah, him again. Is, is that some kind of weird, like, I don't want to admit I fucked up thing? I don't know. Possibly. Because um, that seems like a really weird hill to quite literally die on. I think... So here's the thing, right? Which, this is another thing that I'm a bit iffy on about this finale, is the whole creation of the rings. Love the way that they did the creation, that they visually showed the creations. I thought it was great great i loved it um and like i get they're making the free elven ones there's a slight deviation from the box here because when they come to make the free out so the free elven rings are crafted after they realize about sauron's influence in making other rings that should have been made first, which is the nine for men and seven for dwarves. Uh-huh. And they figure out that Sauron's been deceiving them. Uh, basically, there's a story in the Silmarillion, um, 
where Sauron presents himself as a character called Anatar. And that's how he infiltrates into the city and Gil and Brimbor. And he presents himself as this other character and helps with the creation of the rings and helps influence the creation and then gets caught out and Gladwell and that realize it's Sauron. Um, to which then he obviously flees or whatever. Um, and then they so make the... accurate just in the wrong order, kind of. Of sorts, yeah. Like So the three elven ones are then made without his influence, which is why he then has to create his one ring to like... But he can't influence... His one ring doesn't influence the elves, but it influences the other rings. Obviously, the... Um, so that's why he's like gone and not there for the creation of them, which is fine. I think them, like her not telling them is to try and make sure there's like zero influence. Because if she told them Sauron was Halbrand, they'll go, oh, so we shouldn't create what he's just told us. Help me create, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm not so sure. Like if they turn around and say the other rings are already made, I'm kind of like, that's kind of shit. Because I want to see them be made. Yeah, like, forgetting, like, that we wouldn't get to see them, which would suck. The elves couldn't work it out. How have the humans and the dwarves worked it out when we know where Sauron's been for the entire time? Well, the dwarves and the men don't... I don't think they learn that the rings were made by... I don't think they tell them that they were made by Sauron. But like, No, no, but, like, how would they work out to get the mithril and turn oh, it yeah. into the alloy and stuff. This this is what... So I'm presuming they're doing it in a different order, which I'm okay with. The problem with that then presents is Sauron's meant to help create those other rings. So he's, so he's going to have to return. Now, the one way around it is because they've wanted to do it in this order, they've used the Halbrand character made because that's made up they've used him as a way to do this and then they're gonna do the anatar character still in season two and he returns as someone else and looks completely different because he can shape well, maybe well maybe they don't necessarily use anatar but they create another character possibly because like they've clearly gone for Halbrand instead of anatar so that people watching don't instantly know yeah so that they can build a bit of suspense so maybe they do a similar thing for the next season. Possibly. Or they do just have Halbron return and maybe. like Brimbor's wasn't told it was Sauron, so maybe he decides to trust him. Um that was like one of my gripes for the like the finale. But overall, like I really enjoyed the reveal. Um like the whole like Halbron working with them and you got to see like he was quite clearly showing his influence on how to do things. Um the rings look sick. Um, I think they look great. They're slightly different in visual to the Lord of Ring ones, but I don't, I don't mind that. I like flavor. Um, I'm trying to think what else kind of went down. But yeah, they're they're obviously oh, gonna. The king, is the king dead? No. So he was going back to um the Elven City. To basically prepare everyone to leave. No, not the High King, sorry. The oh, King of sorry. Numenor. Oh, yes. So there's all the Numenor stuff as well went down. So yeah, they 
we get like shots and the king's not in good uh health and then yeah his his mind is scrambled by the uh time stone thing and he doesn't know what's when and where yeah and then elindel's daughter's there sketching him and he thinks she's the queen and opens the door who we never see her again so did she look like she removed the yes, cloak but did, like what the fuck does she do now she's seen that like um yeah i can't help but feel like that's a very like big thing for a character who didn't exist before the show to be doing um i mean i'm okay like she's obviously going to play some part in the civil unrest that happens but yeah we get the numenor ships arriving back um which we get a I think actually a good moment between Elindil and the Queen. Because you remember last episode, we talked about how Elindil kind of had this weird moment where he's kind of broke down. It was very weirdly done and kind uh-huh. of showing a bit of lack of faith. They've completely like kind of, in a, in a very good way, I think reaffirmed like him and the Queen like really said, okay, we are fully faithful in time the worst times is when it's like the strongest time to be faithful yeah. um and kind of relocking his character that he is a faithful character like he's meant to be so obviously I, that's going to lead to like him returning to middle earth and then yeah that we oh. arrive in numenor and there's black flags everywhere marking the death of the king so I think Numenor is going to be very interesting in season two because we won't have the shit going on with Galadriel and Halbrand. We'll actually get the Numenorian shit. Numenorian stuff like properly. Um, I think we're going to see this whole civil unrest between the Queen and I forget his name, the other craft guy. Ferrazon? Yeah. There's obviously going to be the whole kind of splitting of Numenor's peoples on who's faithful and who's not. So that's going to be super interesting. I'm looking forward to that in season two. What surprised me was we didn't get confirmation that Elendil's son is alive. Yes. Because he has to be alive. He does. I thought thought they would tee something up as like, here you go, this is the start of one of the stories in the next season, like as a cliffhanger. Um, But they didn't, and that kind of surprised me. Yeah, though I'm not too... Because it was very clear that they were focusing on... The, to me, going into this final episode, the two things I wanted was a Sauron reveal and who the fuck the stranger was. And we got both of those. I feel like... Them leaving things like... Um, Sildur and stuff being unknown is good things for season two. Leaves those things open um, to kind of tie in. I'm trying to think, because there's also like the people of the Southlands. Um, they don't know that Halbrand is Sauron. So is he going to rock back up to them and be like, so I'm back, your king's here. Um, he could fall to the rings himself and no one would question him. Well, he potentially is going to Mount Doom to go... That's where he forges the One Ring on his own. Um, but he... Um, Gillen Brimbor has... Or at least going by the books, Gillen Brimbor is the one who crafts all the rings. So... 
I think for season two, they're going to do something where he shapeshifts and he's either Anatar or a different character and he returns and he influences the other rings being made. And the way that they get more Mithril is they offer these ring, the the seven rings to the Dwarven Lords. And it's like, you can have these rings of power um, in exchange for the Mithril. Um, and then the nine for the men, they'll, they'll be to like unite all the men and all that stuff. I, I, something that is a nice, like, look back detail is if you think back to when, um, Halbrand, they capture Adar and he says, do you remember me? To us, we were all like, oh, what's he done to his family or something? Like, who's he killed? No, he's talking about, do you remember the fact that you just killed me and I'm back, but you don't know that I'm back because I'm in a different form. Yeah, Adol was telling the truth. He did kill Sauron. Yeah, he just, he's back in a different form. And at the the moment when Adar's in the barn and his Halbrand's leaving, he's like, who are you? And there's like that pause. Like, I wonder if he's like getting some weird, like, sense of him of like his pa- like he's more powerful than he's letting on or something um oh that's a good spot can you explain to me why the different races get different numbers of rings um so the free elves the people that get the rings is um gladual the high king and is it Gil- I think Gillen Brimbor wears one. That's and then the High Kings ends up going to uh Elrond. Yeah. Um that's just because they're the free, like most important people on the Elven side of things. Um the dwarves, I think there's just that many dwarven lords. So there's Durin. Oh, so each of the dwarven lords got one. Yeah, I think as a because if you remember when Durin was speaking with his dad, there was those two Dwarven Lords there, also, yeah. like, offering their opinion on things. I think the fact is that there's, like, there's Durin, the king, and six others that kind of make oh, up, yeah. kind of, the government of Dwarves, I guess. Yeah. Um. So they evenly just spread it out to the seven. And then for men, I don't know if it's because there's, I think there's nine, like, Lords... Okay. of men i think is how they it's something to do with like the fact that like they make sure that all the it's they're trying to balance power essentially so no one's like so they're trying to evenly spread them but obviously men are very easily corruptible dwarves are greedy um but the elves rings were made without sauron's influence so they can't be influenced by the the One Ring can't control them, but obviously if the elves put on the One Ring, that'd corrupt them, because whoever wears it gets corrupted. Um, I was a bit, well, as as expected, nothing came of the Balrog. Um, yeah, it, just, it, it seems like a, just a, a wink. It was very much a Chekhov's gun. They've loaded yeah. it and done nothing the, with it. The, the, which I'm fine with this season, because it was so late in the season. My problem with that is going to come in season two. If we get all the way through season two and nothing comes of that, it's going to be like, why the fuck did you show it? There was just yeah. no need. Um, 
I'm trying to think if anything else happened in the finale. It's been like a week. Um, I think like we've kind of covered everything, but over, overall, I enjoyed the finale over for the whole season. I actually really enjoyed the season, and it was a little bit slow in places at the beginning. I get people's the Tolkien hardcore fans that really hate the fact that they've skewed so far from the books. I get it. My only thing to those people is the amount of hate you've given this season might have cost you ever getting anything of actual Tolkien lore like approved. Like those those fans in quotation marks that have shit all over Rings of Power need to realize and be okay with the fact that they might have just cost themselves ever getting the Tolkien estate to allow anyone to make anything. Yeah. Like, had this been a blaring success and they accepted and the fans had like been open to this and accepted it with more open arms, Amazon could have gone back to Tolkien estate for season two and been like, look, look how successful this was. Do you want to let us use a bit more of the Silmarillion so we can write this better? Um, you you could, however, make an argument for the flip side of the Tolkien estate sees how unhappy people are and they go to Amazon, okay, we're willing to give you a little bit more of it so that you can make what the fans want. There is a chance. Don't get me wrong, the, I agree with you that it's more likely to be a... They're even less likely to give stuff away. Yeah. But there is a chance that the Tolkien estate has a bit of sense and goes, oh, fans would like it if you could use everything, so we're willing to let you use everything. Yeah, there is that part to it. My worry is and just Amazon, like... Amazon will pay the money as long as it's not stupid. Yeah, Amazon will more than happily pay the money. Um, yeah, I just... I, I really hope the Tolkien estate doesn't completely shut off, like, even future projects, like... I agree. Because overall, this has been a very enjoyable season and new venture into the the Tolkien world. Visually and, like, from a cinematography point of view, absolutely stunning across the board this season. Like, they've done some incredible, like, VFX and just some of the shots, especially the landscape shots and stuff that they've done, like, beautiful. So... I'm looking forward to more. Me too. Um, I've greatly enjoyed it. And it's been nice um, having a show that I know very little about and I can just be a bit dumb with and go, ooh, this is fun. I've enjoyed riling up the haters. So This brings us on to Andor Episode 7. Yes. I am in love with this show. Oh. It is everything I have wanted from the Star Wars universe. Um, nice. And every week it continues to deliver. So shout out the people who worked on this show because uh, while I know, while I'm sure some people don't like it because Star Wars fans are never happy, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, this show is a goddamn masterpiece. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it as well. Um, yes, it's very, very good. <laughs> we got the, I guess, fallout of the. Yes. And we the got heist. to see more stuff on Coruscant. Yeah, we, we returned to Coruscant. We got a lot it, more of an insight into, I guess, the political side of things. If the showrunners are listening, find a way to sell 
Disney on the idea of doing a show set completely on Coruscant, where sense. you just you you follow the life of someone working at the higher echelon, a normalish citizen, and then a like proper street urchin. Yeah, there, there's a story to be told there revolving around their oh, three yeah. lives intertwining. Find it and give it to me. Very yes, fans won't like it. I will love it. Give. They. To be fair, we may end up back on Coruscant with oh, yeah. the Ahsoka more, series. There's... Oh, that's a good fucking she point. Spe- she spent a bit of time down in the, the slummy bit. She did. She did. Let's hope so. But, episode seven. Um, I really enjoyed the... Can I... Getting to see the reaction of the Empire. Yeah. And how... So cool. How they react to like this first big kind of rebel which obviously at this point they're not seeing it quite as it like a full-on rebellion they're, they're just like, like oh this is some disgruntled people we will make everything tough this is a robbery down on this yeah um these are criminals not rebellion and getting to see kind of like the more of the inner workings of the bureau and the little inner politics between yeah. the that woman and the, I can't remember their names the female and male yeah, guy, the guy they're butting yeah, yeah. heads and how at the end of that meeting she absolutely outplays him and then yeah. she, the head Get guy is like shit on you scrub head guy was he's like well played now watch your back because yeah. everyone at this level wants to take out the other person and raise higher because that's how we're all wired because <laughs> um, we are all absolute cucks yeah, and we're all power hungry. Um, also, yeah, like the yeah, little yeah, nod yeah. to Palpatine. Uh huh. How he's like, I've had a Palps. meeting with Emperor Palps. Um, what a name drop, by the way. Just yeah, I know. Um, now, are we gonna get? Are we gonna get to see him? I fucking hope so. There's, I, let's be let's be perfectly clear. There is basically no need for us to see him. No. That being said. If you have the opportunity to show Vader, you absolutely always well, show Vader. <laughs> Vader or Emperor Palpatine, like you, they could quite easily just like just just sprinkle him in at the end of something. I I can very easily see there being more rebellion shit getting out of hand, and Vader arriving on Coruscant and going, "The fuck is going on here?" Yeah, um, and choking out someone in front of everyone just to show the. The rebellion, while it starts at the ground level, obviously we know there's a couple of people inside the Empire who are aiding people outside. Mm-hmm. We saw that in Kenobi and we've seen it again here. Mm-hmm. At a slightly higher level with the officers, Vader comes in, chokes the fuck out of someone. That gives a perfect opportunity for all the other officers to go, holy shit, we are the bad guys, and then start working with the rebellion. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Um... Uh-huh. And, and, and as we know with Vader... You don't need to give him a lot of screen time. He can be there for two minutes. Well, and the entire fandom will collectively go, yes, thank you. Yeah. And, um, I mean, they've proven with the Obi-Wan series, like, they are very good now. They've got the hang of how to show his power on screen. So they know what they're doing. Yeah, I think it'd be very cool if we saw Vader. 100%. We also got a bit more of the whole Mon Mothman I am inside enjoying front. seeing early days of Mon so much. I... So like, she's like a background character in the original trilogy. 
mm-hmm. that you recognise, and like they've kept her style almost identical. So like, so she's a recognisable character instantly. Mm-hmm. But in the original trilogy, she just kind of spoke a fair bit, but you didn't really know what was going on, mm-hmm. like or who, why she was so important. So to see like the early days of her still being a senator, and then during this episode making the decision, no fuck this, let's rebel, mm-hmm. is it's so much fun. I'm really enjoying it. I. Obviously, we were waiting to find out who this person is she wants to bring in. And then we obviously got introduced to her childhood friend or something. I really liked the way that they kind of talked around the fact that he he was quite clearly going, I think my political tastes are a bit far out for you. And, and, and the way he said that was to try and protect her. Mm-hmm. He was like, I, if I speak openly about what I believe, well, he I get in trouble. I don't want you to get in trouble as well. Yeah, not knowing that she's probably further out than him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you, you like, agree with the robbery? I fucking bankrolled it. <laughs> not that she was happy about that, though. No, I, 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 I didn't realize she knew so little about that. Um, it was cool to see her reaction, though. Yeah, her reaction to that and Lufen. Kind of shows that Lufen <sighs> is is more of an extremist. Yeah, like he he knows the empire's got to go no matter what. Mon wasn't quite there yet. Mon wants to like build oh, it under the radar. She wants to do it under the radar and kind of like change it from within. Whereas Lufen's like, no, this is a rebellion. Like we. Yeah. It's this... almost like sometimes a government is doing such a bad job, no matter what you want to do, and the fact that it could potentially be prepared from inside. Sometimes you need to just blow it all the fuck up and start over. Too real, too real, getting too um, real. It, this is this is might, a project of too real. A little bit on the nose, but I but... think it's um, something that can probably resonate with a lot of people. <sighs> but um, but lettuce, uh... lettuce lasted longer. What? <laughs> um, but yeah, seeing like Lufen's reaction versus Mon Mothman's, and then getting to watch her like secretly mingle in a party under her husband's nose, who I feel like he's getting suspicious. Yeah. Um, but it could just be—he's very much uh, typical, like maybe one of them. Yeah, maybe the show's just trying to make us feel like he's more suspicious than he is, so that every time she's having these conversations, mm. we're like, she's gonna get caught, just yeah, to build the... a bit of tension. I think it is that. Um, it's gonna be. I like how she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna set up a charitable organization, and you're gonna have to come to Coruscant for meetings every so often." So then we'll get. Eventually, we're gonna get them to properly talking about what the fuck is going on and what she's yeah. actually trying to do. Um, we got a bit of insight. Cassian went home as I thought he would. Yeah, back to Ferrix. I love him, but he's such a dumbass. Oh, dumb play, hundred percent dumb play. How Not... does this man survive until Rogue One? <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly I don't know, but I I kind of knew he would because he was obviously wanted to pay off his debts, which is what yeah. I said last week. And... I don't think he realizes quite how deep in the shit he is yeah i don't think he quite realizes 
not just him deep in the shit, like actually how big of a deal it was that robbery was. Like to him, it was just a job. He got paid. It was a robbery. Like, yeah, they're talking about some rebellion thing, but nah, I got my money. I'm out. Yeah. I think also the fact he wanted, um, I forget what his um, adopted mum. I'm pretty sure she calls her mum. I forgot her name as well. Yeah. I can find her name if you want. Well, he obviously wanted her to go with him. And she... I like that she was like, no, I'm done. I'm done running away. Like, she's wanting to start a rebellion. And she's talking about how, like, this is... This robbery is a call to people to stand up. Yeah. And... Cassian not telling her that that was me on that job. <laughs> um, though I think that'll get put together um, eventually that she'll figure it out or whatnot. I... The time skip? Marva. Marva, that's it. Um, the little time skip where he obviously accepts she's not going with him. And he dips because he's got to get off planet. And then we just yeah. end, like, the time skip to just some other planet where he's... Miami. It, it was space Miami. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, or, or space Monaco. It's one of the two. Um, yeah, that kind of threw me off a bit. I was like, have we jumped a big chunk of time? I was like, is this back yeah. in time? Is this... For, I, like... I just kind of took it as, like, a month. Yeah. Um, Enough time for him to get there, find a home, and settle down a little. Yeah, and he's hiding his money in a box above the shower. Typical. Very, very secure. Yeah, typical um, bounty hunter um, criminal activities to be doing stuff like that. Uh, I love how he's just like, he's running down the beach, and then just gets, he's the one that gets caught and put, like, questioned did you get really excited when you saw the KX yes. unit as well yes yes i was like oh it's it's a KX unit, and i was like one of these is going to be defective or like one of these is going to become is, K1. It K, is it k1 or k2 i can't remember oh my god i don't know now um rogue i had in my head it was k2 a... but it might be k2so k2so K2 yeah, okay. So yeah, I, when the first one, one, one says, of my favorite droids of all time. Doesn't the, isn't the first one just a KX or something? Yeah, it just, it just, it just says it's a KX unit. I was like, is this K two? <laughs> I was like, is this is this the one? Um, I did really enjoy. He said like keep an eye on him, and he's like hang. <laughs> yeah, I know he's like hang by him or something. He says, yeah, and he's like hang. So then he takes him. He's like, no, tell him it's not hang, and you've just been by me, <laughs> been choked out. Um. But then we see, like, the fallout of what his job did, which is there's tougher penalties now, and he's like, what would have been a two-week thing is not whatever, six years. Six or six, years, yeah. Six months six became six years. Yeah. Um, and he's like, what the fuck? I'm just a tourist. <laughs> I love how she's like, sorry as well. She's like, oh, that makes it even worse. Please come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't give a shit. She's just doing a job. I think we're going to see... Lufen find that out and break him out. Well, yeah, I mean, he sent someone to kill her. She's going to find out that he's been put in prison and she's going to be like, oh, we have a problem. He's been arrested. 
Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh shit, they're going to find out about everything. So they're going to break in to try and like kill him or whatever. And he's going to be like, no, 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 don't kill me. I'll come fight your rebellion. Oh yeah, that like meeting with the two. So that was the. Sh... I'm right that that was the shop girl. It was the shop assistant and the yeah. blonde lady who ran the heist. Yeah, the the blonde girl that ran the house looks totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, she, well, I mean, she, went, she, was she went from being like a forest person to trying to look like an upper-class Coruscantian. Well, she probably does dress, used to dress like an upper-class person and probably down-dressed to be undercover sort of thing. But I thought that was like... I'm like, is Lufin in charge or is the shop assistant in charge? Because... I mean, I think it's Luthan. I think he sent her out of safety. Did he, though? Yes. I don't that, was my, that was my take of it. It's too dangerous for you to be seeing him right now, so he sent me. Yeah, but she could have just been saying that. Maybe. I, I, think I don't know. Luthan's it was just like... The, the biggest guy we've seen so far. Probably. You you are probably. I do right. think it's she just... is like second in command. Yeah, she's I think she's above above Mon. Yeah. Well yeah, she knew about the heist and everything, so um that was a very cool like little scene of her just power walking through and we're like, Where the fuck are you going? In such a like Hello. urgent manner. Um But that means also with the girl from the heist being there means They've got the like money off world and like so it's banked away. Like she's got um everything back. I thought oh that this was something I thought. I thought um Cassian was gonna give his mum the rebel manifesto thing when she was talking about rebellion and stuff. You know, the little book he got off the uh yeah. the kid. Yeah. But I think I'm trying to think what else, if anything else. Oh, we got the Upper class guy, the security killer dude. Yeah, getting shoved into just a bullpit, basic ass job. He's like he's in this great building, and he's t- he's talking him up about all these like, oh, you can be part of helping discover information, blah blah. blah. And then he goes, oh wait, what what's this on your record that you got in trouble for something? Oh, you can have the shitty department. Yeah, no, the- all of them equally important. Some might seem more exciting, <laughs> but they'll. Yeah, here's here's the boring oil thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, we've got. What a, was it? Uh, Fuel quality assurance. Yeah, it's like we have an opening right here, and it's just like one empty cubicle, and you think, what happened to the guy that was in that chair? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we obviously he was in like his brown suit, kind of doing his show off thing, and then we see him at the end where he's in uniform, and he's just another one of the general workers now just sat in his vendetta against Cassian because he's put him there. Um, so he's he's not done. He's definitely going to try and overachieve at his job and get himself in trouble again. I'm trying to think. Uh, 100%. I think that's everything that kind of went down the episode. Yeah, Interested to see where it's going because obviously... We're gonna get Lufans trying to help help Cassian and I think a lot of the next episode is gonna be prison fun of Cassian working out how to not die in prison. Mm. And the rebellion realizing Cassian is in prison and they need to either kill him or get him out because he knows too much. 
I think Lutheran's going to offer him get out and join us. Actually join our cause. Like, here's a second chance to do something bigger than, like, rotting in a cell. Um, and there's obviously going to be some, like, he's got to persuade him somehow, eventually. Something must happen that persuades him. Yes. Because, um, like, by the time we get round to Rogue One, he's, like, pretty devout. Yeah, he's all rebellion. in on shit. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't strike you as someone who's, like, doing it because he's being forced to. No. He's falling but on it's, the course, it's so. fun to like know the beginning and the end and work out what it takes him to get to there to there. Yeah. Oh, I'm wondering if in the prison break, that's where K2 comes in. Maybe. Because he also, K2 I got damaged realized, and he rebooted him essentially. If I, I just realised. Go on. So we had the flashback from when the Empire first took over by the looks of it. Hmm. And that guy says, Cassian, stay here. Don't get involved. Let them just do their marching and their flag. Yeah. Was that the guy that helped Marvel rescue him as a child? Yes. So that was probably who he thought of as a father, who definitely got executed in front of him. Oh, 100%. Do we think Marvel's going to get, and that's what's going to finally convince him to join the rebellion? Oh, possibly. That or the, his ex-girlfriend. Maybe she also goes... Maybe all of Ferrix just gets lit. <gasps> what if Ferrix is a fucking Death Star test? No, it can't be because um the first no. time they fight in A New Hope. That we know of. I guess they could get away with it, but... I think it'll be more like they'll just crack down on Ferrix. Yeah. Um, we, I'm pretty sure they... Te- did they not tease Death Troopers in the trailer? Uh... I can't remember. Yes, I think they did. So maybe Death Troopers rock up on Ferrix and... Uh, just torture ex- it. Exterminate mode. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe. So yeah, there's there's still a lot to kind of come with Andor, but I'm really enjoying it. Me too. This brings us on to our second character profile of the week. You guys yes. are so so spoiled. <laughs> um, with Black Adam coming up, I wanted to get one more Black Adam character profile in, and it is on Atom Smasher, who we also saw in the trailer. He's the big guy. Um. So let's talk about him. Atom Smasher, a.k.a. Albert Rothstein, mm-hmm. first appeared in All-Star Squadron number 25 all the way back in September 1983. Oh. About a week after Horry was born. Um, Bruh. He's... <laughs> At this point, you have had 19 different birthdays. Yeah, I really have, on not um, he is the grandson of the reluctant villain Cyclotron. Cyclotron, sorry. By reluctant villain, I can only assume it means he stole because he had to feed his family and not because he wanted to take over the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he is the godson of the Golden Age Atom. Okay. Um, who was um Al Pratt, which is where his um a name and good versus evil alignment seems to have landed okay um after black adam as we said last week reformed after fighting shazam a number of times mm-hmm. um black adam joined the jsa um he proved that he was a good guy and they went okay you can come work with us mm-hmm. um and while on the jsa him and atom smasher became very good friends with adam 
considering him as the brother that he never had. Oh, how cute. Um, however, Adam is still an anti-hero. So Adam uses relationship to kind of destabilize Atom Smasher's belief and conviction in the JSA's very strict morals, i.e. Okay. hurting people and killing people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so using that, him and Atom kind of pushed back on the JSA to allow them to be a little bit more forceful. Uh, which obviously they were like, no, we are heroes, not murderers. Um, <laughs> at which point, Adam and Atom then went, right, fuck you, then we're off. Oh. Um, and then as part of that, they kind of helped each other with their vendettas, I guess. With Adam helping Atom kill um, his godfather's murderer, I believe. Don't quite remember that one, though. That might be wrong. Um, but for, I know for a fact that Atom Smasher helped Black Adam overthrow the new dictatorial government of Karmduck. Oh. By any means necessary. Bro's taken over the world together. Yeah. Um, Atom did kind of like resolve a bit of his internal anger during this and kind of worked with the JSA a bit once the government had been overthrown and they needed to restabilize comeback the JSA kind of arrived like okay this is like a whole ass war what the fuck's going on so they kind of worked together a little bit then Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that gets portrayed in Black Adam Mm -hmm. with it being very clear that large portions of it are taking place in Kondok and such like yeah, that would be interesting. But um, he's a cool character. I'm always a fan of characters who, like, their thing is just being big. It's fun. I don't... I don't it's a very juvenile thing. I just love the idea of them going, right hard. then. Ooh. Yeah. It's it's the same reason when watching Power Rangers, we went nuts when they got into the Megazord. It's more than And they time. come by. And they're like, oh my God, yeah, look how big it is. These two big monsters punching shit out of each other. Yeah, let's go. When realistically it was just two average-looking guys on a miniature set. Um. Or, or even more realistically, it was two big action figures on a tiny <laughs> set made to look huge. Do you want to know um, something funny, though? When you, I knew nothing of Atom Smasher. I don't really know much about the whole Shazam stuff. Um, the, the JSA is proper old-school stuff, to be fair. But when I read Atom Smasher, uh-huh. my brain read that as Atom Smasher from Cyberpunk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I see. Yeah, I took that a whole different way just oh. then. I, I thought you assumed it was going to be Black Adam's like secret boyfriend. No, I took it as <laughs> um, Adam Smasher from Cyberpunk because I'm, I'm getting through more of the show Edge on Runners. Netflix. I'm really enjoying it. It's it so is, fucking good. I so can already good. tell it's going to break my heart. Mm, I can just see it happening mm, already, and I'm not I'm not looking forward to that. It's fine. You'll. Uh, but it is. I, I think I'm through, we'll say three episodes just to be on the safe side, and okay. I really enjoyed, like, seeing um, the afterlife, and mm-hmm. seeing Rogue, and stuff like that, just in the background, I'm like, oh, it feels so connected, this is awesome, like, a huge fucking nerd, it's like, yeah, that was put there for that reaction, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna nibble on it, it was mm-hmm. great. They've, uh, they've now added in, like, a, I guess, they called it a mini DLC sort of thing, an update, that is that you can now get, um, Lucy's apartment, and there's a lot of other. Oh, really? Like they've, there's a lot of things that obviously, like, 
you could go in the game and you're like, oh, this is the location from where this was, but like you couldn't go in the building or something. They've now opened well, up some of those spots and like actually connected it more. I think it's episode three where like the entire thing is like a montage of like twelve different things happening until the end. Um, but the bit where him and Maine are sitting there drinking. That scrapyard, I'm pretty sure there's a mission where you have to infiltrate it and kill a bunch of guys there, which mm-hmm. is based on the way they had the um like boxes lined up. I was like, I'm pretty sure I killed a bunch of guys here. And it's just really cool that it can even have me thinking that while watching the show. Oh yeah, there's once you've finished it, there's like a video there's videos of like all the locations matched up. It's oh, really cool. it's really cool how close it, it's a lot up. of hard work that has gone into that. Oh yeah. And that's before you even get into how good the actual show is. Like, ignoring the obvious fan service, the show itself is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, great story. Anyway, um, I think it's time for us to go our final thoughts on Black Adam before it comes out. I mean, today, if you're listening to it, you might have yes, already seen it. You might have done. Um, I, myself, am going to see it on Sunday. I don't know. Horry typical, is going to Typical Horry <laughs> behaviour. Most likely going to watch... Uh, I'll be surprised if it's before Wednesday. <laughs> Harry will go see it. That, I will that, see that's it. That's all we can tell you. <laughs> I will see it before we record. How soon before? No. That's anyone's guess. Yes. Got more chance um, on the lottery. I've been very open and honest about the fact that I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson has too much power in this production. You have. That being said, I don't think he's had any more power in this production than Ryan Reynolds had in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And that film went off beautifully. I think Black Adam is a complex character. I think he can be a very well put together character. And when you throw in other not as well-known characters like Dr. Fate and Atom Smasher and Hawkman, Mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to create something really special. Agreed. I do not think we are going to get that very special thing. I do think we're going to get something that is very watchable and proves as a bare minimum that DC can make something watchable. And while that might not seem like a lot, They've struggled with that a lot. Yeah. I do not want the success of this, however, to give The Rock power over characters he's not playing. Because The Rock, when it comes to how strong the person he's playing is, has a much bigger ego than Ryan Reynolds does. <laughs> I don't think he will. From my understanding with his, with this film... Is it's more similar to how Ryan Reynolds was so adamant in getting Dead Deadpool made, and like just that he was so f- just focused on that character. The Dwayne Johnson has the same to Black Adam, like he's talked about how it was one of the first comments he read and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's been working on this since like two thousand and six. So I don't think it's necessarily like he wants to get like he has any ambition to kind of produce DC films. I think it generally is like he just wanted to get Black Adam made, um, and that's come with like the power. The power over this film he's got has come with like he's been the one that's pushed for it to be made. I get that. My concern more comes from DC Life Super Pets. Uh, he he vo- he voiced Crypto in that, 
and yeah. the post credit scene of that film is him voicing Crypto and John Krasinski voicing Superman meeting Black Adam voiced by Rock and Anubis, his dog, also voiced by The Rock. Um, I... So, yeah, that the whole Superpass thing is weird. I also think that's partly down to the writers. I bet one of the writers was like, do you know what would be funny? If we have The Rock talking to The Rock. And, like, just having voice... Like, someone definitely was like, this will just be a funny thing if The Rock's voicing all the characters. And I, I don't get me wrong, I do think part of it was trying to build a bit of hype for Black Adam, which I get also is that. their only real film this year. I think it was a uh, weird mix it, it of marketing just, and trying to be funny and... It just, it puts a seed of doubt in my mind mm, about how much power he could be given, especially if this film becomes a raging success. I don't know if it'll be a raging success. Like, what the I way... The way I'm thinking is like, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be better than most of the DC films that we've had previously. Things like Wonder Woman and the Aquaman and all that. Yeah, the Aquaman but, films were very good. Uh, I will give Aquaman its. Or Aquaman film was very yeah. good. And the first Wonder Woman was apparently phenomenal. Um, second one was, was apparently garbage. Yeah, the second one was so like they DC. So, like, we've... <sighs> there's just I've... not enough dubs. I just don't... I, I think it'll do well. I don't think it'll be, like, the Batman, like the new one, Matt Reeves. I don't think it'll be that level of good. Um, I think it'll be... For DC, it will be a W. I don't think it's a Marvel-level W. What, what I'll say is, in the 2000s and the early 10s, when Super Films were still quite young, mm -hmm. I think this film would have been one of the best. Yeah. Problem is, because we've had so many films at this point, we expect different things, we want different things, because otherwise it gets very repetitive. Mm -hmm. I don't know if DC have had enough time maturing to make something genuinely different. And as a result of that, I think we're going to get something that we go, I would have enjoyed it seven years ago. Yeah. That That's like a ripe concern I have. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good superhero film and a good film in general but it's not going to be anything special and it's going to feel good and like like very good because of how bad some of the other dc films have been so we haven't really got a very high bar to beat um Apparently yeah we, we could be surprised it's phenomenal we could be very surprised and it actually turns out to be a the story side of it could be done a lot better than we're expecting, but and it has got my golden stamp as of right now. Um, with the critic review scores on Rotten Tomatoes, it is not doing very well. It's right around that fifty percent mark, which for me normally means it's a good film. Oh, well, we'll find out. So there is also that. Next week, we are either going to have. Connor saying he was wrong and Dwayne yeah. did a great job. Or you're going to have Connor going, can we never let this man touch anything yeah. ever again? <laughs> you're going to have me being as unbearable as I am when I'm right going, I fucking warned you. 
Basically, um, if we don't talk about Black Adam next week, you know it's not gone well. <laughs> if I've barred Connor from talking about it. Um, but this brings us on to the Nerd News Network segment. Yes. Now, Horry should not be surprised by any of this because I did send him the news. You did. I He's told... not updating it. He's not read it. I have read over it. I had to... This first one. Tom Yeah, Alice. you had to see who that was. Yes, because I'm terrible with actors' names and actors' faces. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Immediately I... knew who it was. And for those so, that... We don't... Go on. So there are rumours that have just run all over the place this week that Tom Ellis is apparently being interviewed, discussed, Put in the considered running. for the role of Reed Richards in the MCU. Now, you know how I feel about rumours for castings. Normally, I don't give them a lot of weight. <laughs> yes. I'm giving this one a lot of weight for a couple of reasons. Oh. Um, for those that um, are like me and don't know, Tom Ellis is Luther. Lucifer? Lucifer. 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 Lucifer has already Luther's, been in the MCU. That's that's a different show. I meant Lucifer. That's <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Um, Lucifer. He, he, he is Lucifer, which is one of the reasons I give this credit, because Lucifer is a DC comic character, that version of Lucifer. Yeah. And it's um, a great show. So he knows how opinion. to work. Yeah, he knows how to work in this. He has also done a lot of work for the BBC, including being in Doctor Who all the way back in like 2013. Mm. Um in the two-part episode where the where we see the master with David Tennant and Martha, and he's like the doctor that Martha worked with before Reverse in Time. Oh, God, yeah, ages um, ago. Yes. Yeah, I'm a fucking loser for remembering stuff like this. I don't remember. I don't expect anyone to remember that instantly, but hopefully it's fresh memory. Um, the MCU has a long, long history of working with actors who've done a lot of work with the BBC and a lot of work on Doctor Who, and that is because they know how to be professional. And they like the British. They, I mean, yeah, British actors always do well in the MCU, especially good-looking British actors, which Tom Ellis <laughs> is. I, I, I missed it by that much. <laughs> um, but so that's why I'm willing to give this a lot of weight. He's mm. his career has followed the right trajectory for Marvel to go. I'm willing to give him a shot. Um, yeah, he, he's a very good actor. He consistently does good work. He's worked in very professional productions for a long time with no bad press. That is what they want. They want people who are going to turn up, work hard, go home, not cause any problem. I and and he does look right for the role. Yeah, that's that's something. I'm like I can see him as Reed Richards. Exactly. Um. So what I don't give casting rumors a lot of work. Uh, a lot of wait. A lot of work. Lot, lot of weight normally this one particularly i could very easily believe mm -hmm. um, and i don't think i'd hate it i'll no, be honest i wouldn't hate it however i've never heard tom ellis try and do an american accent that would be my only concern reed I'm richards could sure. not be made british i'm sure he can figure it out He's a good enough actor. He'll have time as well. He can probably learn. Yeah. Um, the next Marvel um, casting rumor, which I'm putting next to zero waiting, 
although I'm very damned to see it. Um, Satcha Baronakonan is apparently going to be Mephisto. Yeah. I saw. So I. While I am 100% down for this, there are two big reasons I'm giving it zero credibility. I think Mephisto is a meme at this point, and we're not going to get him for a long, long time. Yeah. They've they've missed a lot of their good opportunities to use him for now, so he's probably (laughs) not going to be used for a long time. The second one, Satcha Baron Conan isn't exactly Disney and Marvel family friendly. <laughs> no. This guy rocks up in their country and trolls their politicians. He He's done stuff like Ali G in the house and the dictator. This is not stuff that conservative American parents who Marvel, while they'll, yes, they'll have gay characters and stuff, they still want to keep them happy. If they if they find out that Satcha Baron Conan's in one of the films playing the literal devil, no fucking way can they sell that. Why do I feel like this rumor has originated from someone who sat there like going through actors, being like, who who could play Mephisto? And they're like, who would be the best person to portray a devil? to the americans the The person we hate the one of the most hated people in america Uh, yeah i I just don't see it i think he'd do a very good job don't see it i also think he'd be a bit too goofy and that would piss a lot of people off yes it's a a bit too out there and i feel like it's just someone having a bit of fun generating that Uh, the only reason i even mentioned it because i saw so many news or I say news, the Twitter guys who normally are pretty on the nose, mm-hmm. a lot of them were talking about hearing this rumour. So I thought it was at least worth mentioning so that you guys yeah. know we do keep on top of this stuff. I am not giving it a lot of weight, however. No. I'm sure in a couple more moments there'll be someone else. Yeah. Now this one I'm mentioning more out of hope that it's true. Mm. Um, I saw it mentioned somewhere. I haven't actually double-checked it, so let me... Kind of semi-double-check it when I'm talking about it. So Invincible's coming up to one of its um, anniversaries. Mm-hmm. And they're announcing a bunch of exciting things for it. Um, one of the things that's expected to be announced in the coming days is the release date for Season 2 on Amazon Prime. Apparently, though, it's been announced, confirmed, leak, rumoured that they're making an Invincible video game. I'm so fucking down. Make that shit graphic. Make that yeah. shit fun, and let's have at it. That could be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, I hope it's true, and I hope that it is on its way. Invincible video game. I, I mean, have googled it. It's only like a week old news. So apparently, it's in development. I guess we'll wait and see. Many games have been in development and get axed anyway. So yes. Yeah, October 12th, um, Invincible Video Game officially in development. That so, could very I mean, easily just be that, someone it could filed something. Into the ether. And, yeah. um, but they do have a deal with Amazon. Um, and for Amazon Game Studios the, is the thing. For the um, TV show. It's not that outrageous for Amazon to go, hey, we're working on like, I'm pretty sure season two and three have already been like commissioned. Mm-hmm. with four and five expected mm-hmm. um so 
it wouldn't be that much for Stretch for Amazon to go, hey, we'd like to make money from video games. Would you like another $150 million or whatever the going rate is for us to be able to use your IP in video games? Um, and then they will have gone, yes, okay. Well, I mean, there's Amazon Studio, like they have their game studios and their game engine and yep. everything, so very um, good chance that they would develop it themselves. Yeah. Now, this next one is very scary news for my concerns that I already have surrounding Black Adam. <laughs> Walter Hamada has stepped down as the president of DC Films. Now, a power vacuum at the top of DC Films when a DC film is coming out with one of, the, in my opinion, I'm sure he's lovely, one of the biggest egos in film right now is concerning to me so i read this and i was like my so my thought behind this is do we like i don't know i don't know the details of why he is no longer president if he was forced to step down or chose to step down or whatnot but we talked a few weeks back now about the fact that dc was kind of working on putting a plan in place and I wonder if this is part of the plan is they need a shift in management, leadership, shift around at the top um, of who they want kind of heading the ship. And I don't know if it, I don't think it'll be The Rock as I think you are seemingly no, no, I'm I'm not too worried about him being made president of DC. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they might put someone in that position who the Rock is agreeable with, and therefore uh, the Rock has heavy influence over. I don't think because I I would imagine they're gonna pick they're gonna. I think this is part of their like ten year plan that they rumored to be coming up with. Right, I think this is them. Being like, right, we need to start fresh and we need someone to head things. Like the we Marvel has Kevin. We need our strong like person at the top to kind of guide where the foot these films are going. Well then why do I not have an email? <laughs> because you've shit on them too much. <laughs> um who takes up I don't know who takes that position, but I yeah, it's a power vacuum, but I'm hopeful in the sense that maybe this is the start of DC kind of realigning where they're going, and let's hope they put someone decent in that spot. Yes. Um, just shove Matt Reeves in. <laughs> he's the, Matt Reeves in. He's, he's proved himself the most. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know who they get, but Whoever it is definitely needs to go into that with this, like, we, like, to get this ship steered right, because they, DC has no direction at the moment what the fuck's going on, and they really need to figure that out, and hopefully this is part of the start of that. Hopefully. Um, the next one's quite exciting news. Yes. So, um, very sadly... In my opinion, earlier this year, William Hurt, who played uh, General Ross in the MCU, passed away. Um, and it was well established that he desperately wanted to play Thunderbolt Ross, Red Hulk. Mm -hmm. 
um he, he he was very open that that's what he was holding out for he was like i will fucking play this guy um and then unfortunately like quite suddenly this year he passed away um so everyone was kind of like okay where does that leave us then um and we now have an idea on that um harrison ford has mm. been cast to take over as general ross um and is almost certainly going to become the red hulk especially with all the extra hulks that are being added into the marvel universe at the minute yep um i cannot wait for a new generation of people to idolize Harrison Ford for playing a character just for him to not give a single fuck about us as a fan base. As as lifelong Star Wars fans, we have seen all of the clips and the memes Mm -hmm. of him being asked stuff about the Star Wars universe and him going, I do not give a fuck. I don't know. Stop asking me. All the time. Exact same with Blade Runner as well. Yeah. Exact same Blade Runner. He's like, I turn up, I act, I go home, I do not give a single fuck. Yeah, I like... cannot wait for the first poor journalist to go, oh, so what comic books did you read in preparation for this character? And him to go, fuck's a comic book, you fucking nerd. I can't um, wait for him to turn, be like, so how like, how did you end up getting this role? And he's just like, Marvel paid me. They just, they offered me the bag. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just like, they, they showed they me the me money. Absolute fuck ton of money. <laughs> they showed me the money. I said yes. <laughs> so yeah. he's gonna meme the shit out of it, and I'm all yeah. for that. And it's gonna be really funny to see a whole generation of fans go, "Oh my god, they've caught, they've caught someone who doesn't even care." Especially when they're on the other end of the spectrum, you've got like Amani Valani playing Miss Marvel, who like adores the MCU. I just need an interview for whatever project of them two sat there together answering questions. I. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me if, if he's just like, um, this, it's going to be that divide of like Star Wars fans are also Marvel fans are going to be like, ah, here we go again. Same shit. We're, we're, we're prepared for this. We're, oh, it's, I'm, I'm we so like him. For it. We're fine with it. And then the new fans are just going to, like you say, are going to be like, surely they should get people in that care about the franchise. But you know what would throw me off even more and I think would actually upset me? If it turns out he fucking loved this character. Yeah, if he turned around and like, oh, I've been... Always, Imagine. Always told Marvel if they if they wanted to recast. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if it turns out that this is like the one character in all of fiction that he actually gives a fuck about. And he's like, I have every comic book that he's ever been in. I love this guy so much. I think that would disappoint a lot of people. Han Solo fans would be throwing their hat oh. on the floor. I, I figured that there's no chance that it's definitely no, like neither do I. But how funny would it be though? <laughs> do you know what this is? This is his retirement plan. This yeah, is him. 100%. This is him going. Hmm. Marvel's making a lot of money at the moment. I can get a good lump of money in a role that's not going to be too intense, like it's Indiana be a Jones. Lot of CGI. Or... Yeah, it's just a lot of CGI. Uh, yeah. I think that's and I mean he's gonna do a great job. He's a Harrison Ford's great. Um He's professional. It's yeah. that simple. He's a fucking pro. He he'll do a great job. And I, I'm glad that they haven't like just scrapped the character. So am I. And that they did decide to kind of recast and yeah. stick with it. So Um and the last bit of our Nerd News Network for the week. Um Covered of Chaos mm. is due to start filming next month, apparently according to uh, Catherine, who uh, plays Agatha. 
I am ready for the leaks to begin. Yeah. Um, I give it a month after it starts that so we get like four set photos. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it's cool to know that it's like starting filming. Um, yeah. Especially with all the delays going on. It, hopefully what that means is because of all the delays, because they want to release stuff in, the, in that order, mm. they start filming stuff when they were supposed to anyway. Yeah, and that hopefully gives more time for post production, mm-hmm. so that any CGI issues can have more time to be done properly. Well, it's also like, yes, release dates are getting pushed back, but like a lot of these productions will already be penciled in. We'll already have contracts like with these companies and VFX companies. Like, yes, the release gets pushed back, but at the end of the day, like stuff's still got to stick. Like stuff's already going to schedule, and if it isn't being affected like if there's no reason it can't still start at the same time like they're just gonna get things going because they've got like we can we see how many films they're going to be putting out like it's better to start getting on top of stuff 100 like it's better to have a film sat on a drive somewhere ready to go like a month before it needs it can be released so agreed yeah agreed agreed Um, and that brings us on to our superhero showdown for the week. Ba, 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 ba. With a great, well-known character. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is Ultron versus the Demo Goblin. Standard rules apply. Nothing I don't normally have. The lower seed gets an advantage, in which case that will be Demo Goblin. Um, and both characters are bloodlusted. Um, in this situation, I have a proposal the advantage demo goblin has oh so do i okay well we'll see which one we prefer and think is fairer ultron is shut off from the internet okay therefore he can't use the in-universe internet to read news articles about the demo goblin and work out how to attack him Mm -hmm. he can only go based on his onboard memory which we don't know how much it is he might only have like one terabyte of hardware. No, I'm pretty sure he's got more than that. My, so my proposal. Proposal, yes. I don't know how much you looked into Demo Goblin and his I origin. I had a gander. But there is kind of two stages to Demo Goblin's origin. I assume this is where you were going, yes. Yeah, so... There's a point in his storyline lifespan where he ends up taking over the mutant, mutant. shriek, yeah. um, taking over her body and gaining her powers. So I, my proposal for advantage was that he gets all that stuff. Okay, do you have written down what the additional powers were? Yes. Sonic Beam, okay. uh, Dark Empathy, so they can control people's, make them evil, essentially. And Telekinesis. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm down. I don't know which is... I feel like the cutting... I don't know if cutting Ultron off from the internet is, like, too severe of, like, a... I don't know. It depends what your assumption is of how reliant Ultron is on the internet. Yeah. Like, are we saying he has like literally like n- like he's a glorified book and he has no internal storage and he's just like oh shit I forgot I had to move. Nah, he. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, if we just limit him to like 
megabit internet. <laughs> Slow he's down, speed. He's like, on, he's on dial up. He has to... <laughs> Demo Goblin gets a phone call and he just collapses. <laughs> um, no, I'm okay with uh, Demo Goblin getting extra powers. I do prefer advantages that actually go towards the person yeah. instead of just trying to nerf their opponent. Yeah. So we'll do that. We'll do he has full form of... Now, yeah. I think we should start off by... I know Demo Goblin's very well known. Obviously, obviously everybody knows him. But for yeah. those obscure few that don't... Um, people that don't know who Demo Goblin is, because it was my very obscure pick, he started off as Hobgoblin, uh, who then essentially sold his soul to a demon lord, Nashtiri? I don't know how to say that name. They internally fought. Demon wasn't happy. Demon ripped himself out of Hobgoblin's body and became Demogoblin. And essentially mimics himself off of Hobgoblin and Green Goblin and has a bunch of powers. And then, as we spoke about, he at one point takes over the dead body of Shriek and gains all her powers. Um... So, although I didn't really do too much reading on Demo Goblin before seeding people, mm -hmm. I think my seeding's pretty fair of him still. Um, yeah, I maybe would have... I guess he could have maybe been a little higher, but I'm trying to remember who else was in that group, but... I can tell you who else was in that group. Um, we had Agatha Harkness, Rhino, Kingpin, Juggernaut, Ultron, Red Skull, and a Super Scroll. The okay. only person in hindsight I might have had him above is Red Skull, and Red Skull's only, like, number seven. So he would have gone up maybe one spot. Yeah, but... Um... So... Demogorgon has his superhuman strength, speed, or all, all the usual attributes that become superhuman, which is yeah. pretty good for him. The, a standard. Yeah. His magic manipulation is basically just he creates his own version of the Green Goblin stuff. Yeah, the, the Green Goblin-like tech, like the pumpkin buns and stuff, is just magic-based instead. And sort of evilly Halloween demon-y themed. Like, yeah. he has a skeleton glider and... Yeah, he, he likes to use Green Goblin's style of equipment. Um, though he can just blast heat out of his hands. Um, I think it's weird, because like, his Sonic Beam stuff that we're giving him, and obviously telekinesis, and he's going to be able to affect Ultron in certain ways, and definitely do damage to him. We're talking about an AI mind here. <laughs> We're talking about an AI mind that is made of adamantium and is by himself an Avengers level threat. Yeah. He doesn't get tired. He is very strong, very durable. Demo Goblin is like a one, maybe two time villain. I honestly, I think Demo Goblin tries using all this normal shit. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. Heat hands. That yeah. does the only bit of damage because it's yes. magical energy. And then Ultron's like, ah, now I know your strongest attack. I can counter yeah. you. Yeah. It, it, Ultron humors him for a little while, then gets bored and crushes his skull. 
it's yeah it's, it's uh the soul free it's yeah. a cool fun like i thought it, it it was horry doing what we should do with these brackets and having fun with slightly more obscure characters um I... did you come up with ultron or did i I can't remember. I think you came up with Ultron as well. So I just, I just, yeah, you screwed my, it over yourself. I screwed myself over and had my own fun little bracket. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm gonna advocate for it now. Bring Demo Goblin into live action. <laughs> Let's bring well, some. I'd be like, give, bring us a demon formed goblin. You know what? I'm 100% down for the Midnight Suns to have to fight Demo Goblin. Yeah, that was something in when I looked up about him. Like he often fights with Ghost Rider, and um, he obviously Hobgoblin and all that. So maybe maybe, yeah. we, maybe they could. Maybe if, we uh, can get him if if we can call back to this clip. Maybe one day, and we can go maybe. look. We we Marvel. We knew. We don't you were, know. You were listening. We know you were listening. <laughs> Kevin, Don't forget to tweet you. at cutscene combos hashtag um, live action demo goblin. Kevin, uh, please make sure you you like so that we know you're going to use yeah. our idea. Yeah, cool. Um, awesome. So that's about <laughs> it from us. Demo goblin gets absolutely smoked by Ultron, but he did try his hardest. Yeah, and I mean it is. Awesome, um, so. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us again today. We love having you here every week. Um, if you are on the audio platforms, make sure you leave us a rating. If you're on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and comment. Um, that's about it. Um, yeah. Quiet a week next week. If if you are going to go see Black Adam, I hope you enjoy it. Mm. Um, make sure you get large popcorn for me. Um, and we'll see you next week with Andor episode eight and the review of Black Adam. Yeah, not we're back to like no shows. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Maybe I'll do a full-on character profile of Demo Goblin next week. <laughs> I feel like we've yeah. already, I feel like I've already covered all of yeah. it. Yeah. I don't I, think there's I, anything I, I, I missed. I, 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 promised them two, I promised them two characters. It was like, but wait, there's more. Yeah, we literally gave a third. But yeah, appreciate um, all the listeners. And uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.